0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode in the Shared Ireland podcast series. For any of our regular listeners and for any of you tuning in for the first time, the Shared Ireland podcast series predominantly speaks to politicians, members of civic society, academia and people from all walks of life and we normally discuss the constitutional future of our island and it's mainly a political um, podcast that we do. Now we have spoke to Ulster Unionist MLA Robbie Butler about mental health and this is something that we as a team feel that's vitally important moving forward into any new shared Ireland um, because there's no point us agreeing politically about anything unless I guess the people living in our country um, aren't in a good place to enjoy any newfound found mechanisms that may uh, come into place in our future. So mental health is something that um, unfortunately does not discriminate. It can affect anyone of any age, any sex, any color and any creed. Um, It knows no boundaries when it comes to religion or political beliefs. And um, I guess um, in all our lives, um, especially nowadays that um, we all unfortunately know somebody that has maybe taken their own life or is suffering with the effects of mental health. Um, so it's in this vein that I guess we want to um, ramp up our awareness of mental health. Um, this is not a sound bite coming from Shared Ireland. This is not us looking to jump on any bandwagon. Um, There are members of the Shared Ireland team that unfortunately have been directly affected through their close-knit family and friends that have taken their own life, that have and currently still are suffering with uh, depression and other aspects of mental health. Um, So that's something that we feel very passionate about and um, what we hope to do starting today is bring you a series of podcasts with people from different walks of life, different experiences, different backgrounds. And, um, if we can say something or do something that will even only resonate with one person, um, then, um, we firmly believe that it will be a worthwhile endeavor. So it's not, uh, vain that, um, I would like to introduce our first guest uh, today she is a lady called Aisling Conway and she runs her own business and it's called healing your life with Aisling. So Aisling um, thank you for giving up your time today and welcome to the Shared Ireland podcast.
1: Thank you very much Niall it's a pleasure to be doing this.
0: Aisling um, I guess we always start by asking our guests to explain to our listeners for the benefit of anyone that doesn't know you, which um, I, I guess there'll probably be quite a few of our listeners that aren't aware of you or your or your work, to outline a little bit about you, who you are as a person, your early years, your background, and ultimately, I guess, then leading up until uh, how you got to where you are now and um, what motivated you to do this. So, in your own words, Ashley.
1: Okay, so. I can go back to earlier years but it may seem strange but where I'd like to start is in October 2008 I had a breakdown and genuinely it was the best thing that ever happened to me and I really do mean that um, because that breakdown although it was one of the worst times in my life it was um, ultimately a breakthrough for me because before that I was pretending that everything was okay and really everything in my life looked pretty picture perfect on the outside, but as I have learned, what people see from the outside looking in is not always a true reflection of the view we have from the inside looking out.
0: So I find that fascinating that your breakdown was the breakthrough.
1: Very much Could so. Could you
0: expand on that a little bit, Ashley?
1: Yeah, I suppose the way I think of it is, um, say if you had a car and you wanted to start it in the morning and it maybe gave a bit of trouble and it didn't start easily, you would just be praying and hoping that it would take you to work or take you to the dentist appointment or to leave your children to school that it would get you from a to b that day and you maybe can't afford to take it to the mechanic you maybe can't afford to be without a car and um, you know for lots of different reasons it never is a good time to bring your car to the mechanic so if you're on a busy motorway and um, rush hour traffic and your car breaks down in the middle of a roundabout or on a motorway well then it would be um something that you couldn't ignore you would have no choice but to take your car to the mechanic. And it would be quite dramatic. There would be a tow truck involved, maybe a bit humiliating. Expensive. More expensive, (laughs) yes. So I suppose it was a bit like that. I had been ignoring the warning lights and the warning signs for years. And although people around me wouldn't have been aware of it, I wasn't even fully aware of it myself, but I was suffering with depression and anxiety for years. And um, really, again, trying to pretend that everything was okay because I was always led from everybody and everything on the outside. So really I didn't think very much of myself, so I didn't pass any remarks on my own mental or emotional well-being. I was busy trying to be enough for everybody else and trying to, without realising it, seek everybody else's approval. And I suppose, like with a lot of us, so much of my self-worth and my identity was tied up with what I did for other people, you know. Um so yeah, I, suppose I was just ignoring what was going on within me really, but I had no choice but to really look within myself at this time.
0: You you st- you were going to start, or you did start your journey there from 2008. Yeah. Uh, go ahead on that if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, so um, I felt really terrified. I, um, I didn't know what I was terrified of, but um, I felt like it was in a very scary place. I really felt like I was in like a 30-foot cave, but really that cave like it was underground and I was aware of the world going on but I didn't think I would ever make it back to the normal world and to be in a normal a normal functioning person and I really didn't think I would ever make it back to there Um, and my auntie had recommended a book to me at that time and the book is You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay
0: and I think now would maybe just be um, a good enough time to just make our listeners aware you're actually, I'm sorry these are my words so you correct me here please you're you're not really a counselor or a therapist you your mm-hmm. your business is called heal your life with Ashling, and they will be based upon the Louise mm-hmm. Hay principles is that yeah fair?
1: I am now a heal your life teacher, teacher. Um, and workshop leader based okay. on the theories of Louise Hay okay mm-hmm. no problem so um, this book came to me really and the book introduced me to so many concepts I'd never heard of before and I suppose from the level of the mind I found it very hard to get on board with all of these theories because I'd never heard of them before at the age of 28 and if the theories in this book were accurate then it really changed everything in life and so I worked on, I can talk about Louise's theories if you like but I worked on these theories trying to get on board with them and um, in time found a lot of healing within myself found i was able to work through past experiences in a much healthier way and let go of them and in my way of thinking and my way of looking at myself my way of treating myself my way of responding to life all in time changed but it it did take a lot of work
0: so ultimately Ashley, would it be fair to say that what got you into your current work is ultimately you wanted to cure yourself and i know cure isn't the right word here but you want to help yourself first
1: yeah it was a case it was a necessity really so really I now believe that every single experience is an opportunity for learning and growth if we choose to see it that way and because really I believe even in a a trying time that it is our perspective that dictates whether we're suffering or whether we are actually learning and growing it's all the way we look at the Mm -hmm. situation
0: yes so, so that was in 2008 and we're now in um, March uh, 2020. Mm-hmm. So that's um, 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. So your journey in this past 12 years was starting to um, look at your own issues and work your own, yourself through them. Mm-hmm. And when ultimately did you, I guess, feel comfortable and qualify to teach other people and give them advice how to lead a proper fulfilling life?
1: Mm-hmm. Well I worked in my family's business, I worked there for 18 years and it was a job but really it was so much more than a job to me and um, it was all-consuming for me, I was so so committed because of the family aspect and um, I suppose the, the type of business, it wasn't a natural fit for me, if this hadn't been my family's business it's not the sort of role I ever would have gone into but it's just the way that it worked out and I um, ultimately I had to change myself very much to fit into that role and it wasn't it wasn't natural for me and in doing so I suppose I lost a lot of myself I became disconnected from myself so I continued to work there and um, I continued to work on myself and it came to a point whenever I saw so much change within myself it came to a point where I was more passionate about this work and these theories than anything else in my life so it felt as if all of this was bursting to get out because there was no outlet for what I was really passionate about in my own life. There was really no space for me in my own life. So things, I suppose, I became more and more unhappy and unfulfilled in my role and um, I had heard of heal your life training and my mind had always been very, very negative. I'd always been a very fearful, very cautious person and, as I say, always thinking about everybody else and not about myself. So I'd always dismissed this training um, because I didn't think it could lead to a role that would be possible. I didn't think in Kildreus, in County Tyrone, in Mid-Ulster, where I'm from, that people would be interested in doing this sort of work. So I didn't think it could be a job. Um, So I'd always dismissed the training, but really at this time I had researched the training and I had seen that it was on a matter of weeks after I researched it and I knew that this training only comes around once a year in Ireland so for the first time in my life I was actually led by my intuition rather than my fears which really had trapped me all of my life Um, so I made a decision that I was going to do that training and I I knew I didn't have another year to wait for the next time it would come around but it clashed very badly with the family business at that time the timing really wasn't good and I understood that but for some reason I had such a conviction that I had to do this training so I had to work out how that was going to be possible so I made the decision I spoke to my husband and a couple of other close people and I made the decision that was really pretty reckless which was so out of character for me that I was going to hand in my notice so that I could get the time to do the training and really this didn't make any sense i didn't have any savings and um, it took my husband's earnings and my earnings to keep us and um, it wasn't a case that we could just make a few sacrifices and manage on his income so i needed to be earning and um, and i didn't have a business plan i hadn't done any research you know it, it really didn't make any sense but it went against
0: said, everything that you normally yeah, did in life.
1: very much so but i suppose i believe that sometimes to change things we have to have enough of what doesn't work for us. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was kind of as if life had pushed me and pushed me and pushed me, kind of like to the edge of the cliff and I had to jump at no a, a choice, <laughs> you know, so I had it in my notice and I did the training, which was fantastic. And a couple of short weeks, well, yeah, after I did the training when I was just about to finish up at work, my husband who I'd been with for 22 years, he told me that he just wasn't happy, just wasn't happy within himself, and he needed to be on his own. And a couple of weeks later on exactly the same weekend that I finished an um, 18 year job, he left. So then I was left in a big house, I suppose with a big mortgage. Um, we have a son together, he was five then, so that was something quite difficult to, to try to manage. So all of a sudden, I didn't have a job, I didn't have a husband, and um, there was so much upheaval in my life. And really, I never had dealt with change well.
0: Don't know what to say about that. That's very, I don't know, there's an awful lot of upheaval there. Um, carrying, I guess, trying to be the person that you were all your life, but realizing there was something inside you bursting to get out. but. Uh, there was no signpost to tell you what way to go mm-hmm. and um, then when you did decide to make that big leap which would have been one of the biggest leaps in your life sure. and then to have i guess the breakdown of your marriage on top of it um a new job leaving your old job being financially unsure i guess um mm-hmm. and how long ago was that what what that year that
1: was well I suppose just over two and a half years ago.
0: Just over two and a half well, years ago? Well, it was ago.
1: summer 2017, so right. it'll be three years this summer, right. yeah.
0: Okay, that's massive, that's massive. Mm-hmm. Fair for play to you, well done. Ashley, what sort of <clears throat> things do people come to you looking to do? Now, obviously, mm-hmm. I know um, no names will be given here because obviously that's vital in your work. Um, so, but like, what type of help Do people come and say, Ashley, I've got low self-esteem, I am feeling suicidal, Um, I um, have got problems and, you know, how to interact with people, I don't know, you tell us.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I suppose I feel it's important to say that I work with Men, I work with women, I work with couples, I work with young people. I you work and with boys. groups as well, I believe. Yeah, I work with people on a one-to-one basis, and I also put together and hold small group workshops as well on okay. various themes. Yeah. So people come to me with all sorts of issues, and sometimes people come because they know they need help, but they don't actually know what. With, they don't actually know what's wrong.
0: I think that one could resonate with yeah. most of us. Yeah,
1: yeah, and. Yeah. Um, so really, this work helps us to see ourselves and our life experiences in a totally different way and to make sense of things in a different way. helps us to let go of old resentments and hurts, old patterns of thinking, and to work through negative patterns of thinking about ourselves, and to help us to leave the past behind and not be meeting the future but to actually live in the present moment. And it helps us to learn how to assess and acknowledge and accept our feelings and to, to face our feelings and work our way through those negative difficult feelings to to the other side and um, it helps with confidence our self-image helps how we deal with other people in relationships it, it really can can help with absolutely anything
0: and and you can provide this facility face to face and i believe over the phone is that yeah,
1: correct? Uh-huh. Um, So whenever I first trained, I thought that this only worked um, maybe in a a one-to-one setting and then I started to do workshops and I saw that that worked and I suppose then I thought maybe it only worked in the room in my house where I do my work from, that maybe it wouldn't work in other venues, like really I had so many small wee fears mm-hmm. and limitations but then maybe I was asked to do a workshop somewhere else and, and I saw that the, the work carried to wherever wherever I brought it mm-hmm. and then more recently people have been in touch from other parts of Ireland, the south of Ireland, um, different parts of the world have worked with people in Switzerland, America, England different places and does this
0: have to be kind of like a escape call or can it just be can you do it without the video aspect yeah, of it? it
1: what I have found it has taken me away but what I have found is that physical presence or even seeing a person makes absolutely no difference to the connection that's made and um, you know I had two phone sessions last week and the feedback that I received and more importantly the breakthroughs that those people had on the phone calls were so overwhelming and so heartening and really they learn things about themselves that they did not know their whole lives.
0: And, and I that this is uh, you know this is actually changing people's lives
1: it, it's I mean I have no difficulty in saying this because I'm not claiming or boasting anything about me no but this work is extremely powerful I mean why would I a logical sensible person pack in you know my job and my family's business where i thought i was going to work for the rest of my life you know to do this you know if that wasn't the case i mean i i am testament to the power of this work myself i know i've been myself my whole life i know how you used to be and i know how i am now
0: and i think it's important like obviously we're not here uh, trying to promote anyone's business or yours yeah the, the whole um point of this subject today is that i guess just to make people aware that mm-hmm. anybody listen to this they don't have to be going through a difficult time in this particular period in their life but at least if they listen to this they they may find something in it for future benefit yeah. or they may know a family member a loved one a relative a friend that they could maybe say you should have we listened to this yeah. and maybe mm-hmm. contact Aisling. would it be fair to say Aislinn that money is not your driving motivating factor here
1: yeah well I mean it's clear that it wasn't because I didn't know I genuinely did not know if one person would come to me you know it it was this passion I I felt so strongly about sharing this with other people because I know how much I needed this work and I know how difficult it was for me quite a lonely isolating journey on my own and so I want to make other people's journey easier so I am always driven by that and I mean somebody can come to me for one session and I really encourage people to stay in touch and I will give them unlimited support for any length of time. You know, they can talk to me on the phone, they can send messages, so it's definitely not motivated by money. But obviously I have to charge for what I do, because otherwise I wouldn't be able to give this help, no. because I wouldn't be able to afford to. No,
0: that's, that's, that's a so fair I've had, point.
1: I've had to reconcile with the fact that I have to charge.
0: Uh, just on that point, um, you have very kindly donated one session free of charge to one of our listeners here today and that will be a three hour session free yeah. of charge yeah
1: well whatever if the person has three hours great if, if they don't we can we can you can adassi- tailor it. Yeah.
0: to suit them that's very much appreciated Ashley. it genuinely is and it's it's only a pity that shared Ireland couldn't um couldn't give a free session to everybody but um I, I think um it's very kind of you to to offer that um three hour free session to someone um Ashley, tell me this someone listening to you and I speak now that maybe they they just aren't feeling like coping with life they don't want to maybe go out of the house they're ignoring phone calls from family and friends and they can see I guess the dark clouds what advice would you give to anyone feeling like that now because the reason why I ask that is because I guess we have all been there at times Mm-hmm. and whatever happens the next day you know we pull ourselves out of it or whatever but i am aware for many people this dark cloud can last for days and weeks even okay. and, and longer mm-hmm. And and because we may not be feeling or thinking very logically and rationally at these mm-hmm. times mm-hmm. you know it's easy for people to say oh it's good to talk and pick up the phone you know but like Tell that to somebody who doesn't want to talk to anybody Mm -hmm. somebody sitting in their own cocoon here at the moment Mm -hmm. is there anything that you words of wisdom that you could offer
1: Mm -hmm. i suppose a change for a lot of people and i was one of these people seems very overwhelming it seems like a destination that we don't know how to reach and logic tells us that for us to arrive at any destination we need to know the stepping stones that we need to take to get there but I believe that change happens one thought at a time.
0: One thought at a time?
1: One day at a time. Okay. So we can't, we have the ability to be in control of our thoughts. That doesn't mean that we've used that ability but we need to slow things down and we need to focus on the good that is within us and the good that is within our lives and we need to um, make time and space for our feelings. So rather than seeing this time as a time of weakness or vulnerability, Seeing this as a time that is needed for healing and being kind to yourselves, so not beating yourselves up. So you know something that I would go straight to, and this is not the easiest thing to do. It's probably for a lot of people one of the most difficult things to do, but one of the most powerful. I would recommend is to go to the mirror, and I know that sounds very strange. Now I so, just, just to be clear bit,
0: here. Yeah, to go to a mirror in your <laughs> yeah, house, okay, yeah, or wherever you are, yeah.
1: Yes. So this isn't to go and put on makeup, um, or something like that. Um. So this is something that I had been introduced to, from Louise Hay, and um, something that I tried and I found, honestly horrendous, um, and it actually took me nine years to come around to properly committing to doing mirror work from when I was first introduced to it. So this is called
0: mirror work. Mirror work. I okay. Had. And and just to be clear, this is a bit of free advice that you're you're giving to our listeners now for them to hopefully try in the comfort of their own home. Yeah. mm -hmm. Okay.
1: So I would really recommend going to the mirror, looking into your eyes, bearing in mind that you are not connecting with your physical self. You're not connecting with what you see on the outside in this exercise, which is a wee bit difficult. You're connecting with that person on the inside. So really making a meaningful connection with yourself in the eyes. Really so you
0: stare into your own eyes, really
1: looking, and you will be distracted, and you'll be looking around your face and this and that, and um, but really looking into your eyes, and just saying a few simple words to yourself. You know, you can say it silently, you can say it out loud, whatever works for you. But just going into the mirror and looking into your eyes and saying, "You're safe. I'm here with you. You're okay. Everything is okay." I'm willing to build a better relationship with you. I'm sorry for not always loving you. I'm sorry for not being here for you. We can go further but for a lot of people that's that's far enough at the start.
0: Tell me the significance of doing this and the, the feedback that you've got number one from other people after they have done this successfully and more in particular how you felt when you said it took you, I believe it was eight years or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How did this have an impact in your life?
1: Well, it's really, it has a profound impact. It, it's the most powerful thing that I can share with anybody. So, I mean, I'll pass on some other things as well if that's okay. But if somebody's feeling really low, that's, that's the place to go really. Um, to be completely honest, whenever I started it, I went about it the way that Louise Hay says to do it. And I went to the mirror, looked into my eyes and I said, I love and approve of you exactly as you are. And what came up very forcibly for me was, I hate you. That is what came up when I looked at that person in the mirror and said those words. Because those words, I love you, were the opposite of truth for me. Because I despised myself. I hated everything about myself. So I had such a long way to go in this journey. But this work really took me, has taken me so far and whenever I did eventually succumb to the mirror work, which was that time whenever there was all of that change in my life a couple of years ago, I knew that I was low, I was confused, Um, I was afraid. Um, there was so much going on within me that I knew then I had done the training at this stage. I'd learned the power of the mirror work, even though I didn't like it still, but I thought, you know what? I need to go to the mirror and that's what I did. And I looked in my eyes and I just said, you're okay. Everything is okay. You're doing your best. And those words were very simple, but they had a profound effect on me. And every day I went to the mirror at some point and just spent about a minute or so in the mirror, looking into my eyes, making that connection. And honestly, about two weeks after I started to do that every day, one day I went to the mirror and I looked into the mirror and I saw a person that I hadn't seen before. And I saw myself as a human being, as somebody who was doing their best as somebody who wasn't horrible and terrific, as somebody I actually sort of felt sorry for myself, I felt compassion for what I had subjected myself to over the years with being so negative and so destructive towards myself. So it, it gave me a huge breakthrough and really I feel that all the work that I had done on myself, which was vast before that, was bringing me through the layers of self-hatred towards acceptance or to less self-hatred but this actually brought me to self-love. That place of unconditional love where now I don't measure myself on what I've done that day or what I looked like that day or what weight I am. Um, I, I'm not judging myself. I, I accept myself as a person and really now I don't ever feel on my own. Like I had security and safety in my life. I don't just mean financial, but I mean as in the security of a job that I could rely on and I was comfortable in that role and I have been with my husband since I just turned 15 so everything in my life was nice and safe and secure but I didn't ever feel safe now I don't have those outer sources of security and I feel more safe and more secure than I ever did and it's because I now have a relationship with myself that is supportive and I can rely on through everything.
0: I find it fascinating to hear you describe your, your own life's journey here when you started doing your mirror work that um, you, when you started looking into your own eyes in the mirror initially, you loathed and hated yourself
1: very strongly. Yeah, it's really very sad, but a lot of people find the mirror work very difficult to do as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And and the feedback you've been getting from clients, um, again, obviously without naming names, which I know you don't, um, but uh, and what what has the feedback been like?
1: Well, it it always brings about a a pretty dramatic response. So it can be that the person is tearful, they may be sad. Sometimes the person, um, sometimes doesn't feel anything. And really to me, that is speaking of the disconnection that is there. Mm. Um, sometimes people find it very hard to look at themselves. They don't like what they see. Um, and for a lot of people they have a beautiful first experience of it where they really see themselves with eyes of compassion and acceptance.
0: As you, as you say, I'm just trying to visualize if I go home now and start looking in the mirror, uh, you're right, I will probably be distracted by the, mm-hmm. the wrinkles underneath my eyes and yeah. um, how my hair is sitting or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be, but, but you're saying very strongly here to people focus on your own eyes.
1: Yeah, because if our acceptance of ourselves is based on what we looked like that day, well, it's based on something very shallow, really.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, because what we look mm-hmm. like is
1: going to change. Mm-hmm. That is you know? true.
0: That is true. Aye, and wh- what's that to say? Um, that while our looks will will obviously um, change as the years go by, but our eyes mm-hmm. never never age.
1: That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's it.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, very good.
1: So that's something I would recommend. Yeah. And, and what I would say to encourage anybody who's trying to do that is that the more difficult it is. What I have found myself and with other people, the more difficult it is, the more that it's actually needed Mm -hmm. and therefore the more healing that it can bring about for you. And you know, it's the simplest way to bring about change within yourself and the the quickest way to do it. Mm -hmm. But there are a few other things that I would recommend to do.
0: Go ahead, please. Absolutely.
1: So to me, all healing and transformation has to begin with awareness and awareness begins with being honest. So not necessarily, as you say, being honest with another person, because sometimes we're not at that stage, but being honest with ourselves. So allowing ourselves to feel whatever way we feel without judging our feelings, because our feelings, a lot of the time, a lot of us live in our mind and we try to rationalize our feelings. We try to make them logical. And if they're not logical, we throw them out, we dismiss them. But our feelings are not the business of our mind. Our feelings are never wrong. They're not always comfortable, they're not always welcome but they're never wrong. So if we are dismissing and denying and rejecting our feelings we are dismissing and rejecting and denying ourselves because our feelings are a very important part of us and I see our feelings as being like saying posts and if we don't listen to them and we don't want to look at them and then we wonder why do we feel lost?
0: Okay, we'll just we'll just pick you up on that. You see our feelings as being like saying posts and if we don't pick up on them then we'll ultimately remain in our own in our own environment that we're currently in and i think that's what i was getting at initially for anyone listening to you and i speak now and they're maybe not just feeling on top of the world you know it it can be and, and i nearly feel as if you know, patronizing to say this, you know, ox or go and talk to somebody. Mm-hmm, you know, it's mm-hmm. very easy for me to say that mm-hmm. if I if I am feeling okay. You know, and you might be sincere in what you're saying, but I but I I always find it you know I can come across as a little bit patronizing, even to be honest with you during this podcast mm-hmm, today, mm-hmm. because Sheridan are predominantly talking about the constitutional question mm-hmm. in Irish politics, you know, and and you know To talk about mental health, I feel as if there's a lot of people, and I'm just going to say what I feel here, to Mm -hmm. be honest with you. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, I feel as if jump on a bandwagon because, you know, it's a great thing to talk about Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. oh, look at me or whatever. You know, this is not the case. I just want to put that out there for anybody to listen to this. Um, I myself have been personally um, affected by friends that have taken their own life. I know several other members of the Shared Ireland team unfortunately um, have got a strong connect to people that have maybe taken their own life or are currently suffering with um, mental health issues. So this is something very passionate for us and as I said at the start of this podcast there is no point anybody looking for a new Shared Ireland unless our population and society uh, can be and i guess a good spot to enjoy that you know um what's what's kind of you know is it's important for us to to have these podcasts to talk to people like yourself we will be conducting other podcasts as we go along uh, trying to highlight um, the whole uh, this whole subject and you are given your perspective today other people will put it in their own words and it may resonate with somebody in a different mm-hmm. way Yeah. Ashlyn, you every morning. Am I right in thinking that you um, kind of like put a wee blog on your Facebook uh, account to yeah. kind of help people start the day or something like that? Is that correct?
1: Yeah, I do spend quite a bit of time. Really, every night I put time aside. It's usually very late, um, where I put together a post that I share on Facebook, on Instagram, on a very, very recently joined Twitter. So um, I do take it upon myself to, to have a daily post really for people and I cover all sorts of issues and um, really just drawn from my own experiences. So the posts contain messages that are comforting or inspirational for what people are going through day to day. Yeah.
0: Would well, you have um, an example of um, something that you could maybe share with our listeners?
1: So, yeah, so, um, okay. Um, A few weeks ago, um, I went through a wee bit of an emotional evening um, where I had a lot of tears, just some old hurts that had resurfaced. Mm -hmm. And I suppose now I make space for my feelings. I allow myself to fully feel my feelings and to express and release them in whatever way I need to. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was crying this evening and I realised that now no matter how low I get or no matter what I'm going through, that I always still have peace within me and um, that I know will come through whatever whatever is ahead of me. So I just put together a few words whenever I was in the tears that evening and um, I suppose it's called Peace is Always There. Will I read it out? Please. Okay. Peace is always there in the space between your breaths, in the space between your heartbeats, in the space between your tears, in the space between your words, in the space between your thoughts, in the space between the past and the future, between the hurting and the healing, between the old and the new. It is there in every moment. In the present, it is always present. It is here. It is now. It's everywhere. It's within you. It is the highest part of you, it is the deepest part of you, it is the truest part of you. It will always be there, it has always been, waiting for you, calling to you. When you can't find it anywhere in the world around you, it is time to seek it out from within you. Once you find it, it's forever yours, it can never be lost. It's not just for you to have and to know. It is for you to share and for you to grow. A peaceful mind within you makes a peaceful life around you. Bring it from within you into your world because a world of peaceful people makes a peaceful world. Find it, keep it, grow it, reap it. Peace has always been there. It may not be what you've known, but it is who you are. Just come back home.
0: Wow. Very powerful. Them words that you're only after reading out for us, they, well, did you have to put much thought into that? Did they just appear or?
1: Yeah, they really just flow, flowed out. Um, and I mean, really that pain gave birth to those words. So now I see it that any pain that I have ever been through or go through, that I am now giving it a purpose. Mm -hmm. That I am using it for my healing and my growth. I'm not trying to turn away from it. And then inviting other people to look inwardly. Because the world that we live in invites us very strongly to look outside of ourselves for things to make us feel better. So this work is all about looking within ourselves for everything that we need.
0: Mm-hmm. Ashley, um, I know that you're not a, <clears throat> you don't proclaim to be an expert in in what I'm going to mention now, but just just curious, what your thoughts are on social media?
1: Social media. Because
0: social media, regardless of the platform, whether it be mm-hmm. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, I'm sure there's other, there's other things that I'm not a okay with, but mm-hmm. you know. I am approaching my 50th birthday Mm -hmm. when I was at school, primary school and secondary school. I'm just thinking about if you had a bad day at school, whether that be you got slapped or caned at the teachers, (laughs) uh, if you were maybe being bullied at school by some of your so-called friends. When you went home, that ended at Mm
1: -hmm. half three or four Mm o'clock.
0: Now, fair enough, you may have been dreading going to school the next morning again but at least you had a respect from it and you had to deal with it the next day or maybe you were the bully but now if somebody has gone through that particular example what I am only given or numerous other ones with the advancement in technology and everything is instant in social media children and adults can be so cruel to each other and if somebody has been, you know, bullied at school, when they go home that evening, it'll maybe only really start to bully, because their so-called friends, or people that are jealous of them, or whatever their motivations are, they can, I guess, make their life a living hell, mm-hmm. through social media. Mm-hmm. Now, as I said at the start, I'm not saying that you're an expert in this, but could you just give me maybe your thoughts about that?
1: Yeah. So. um yeah, it, it can leave us very, very open. So I believe that parents have a huge responsibility in limiting the screen time for their children, their teenagers, because they again are, are looking outside of themselves. They're they're not really they're not really building a foundation of self worth within themselves. And um, I suppose that's why this work is 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 needed all the more so that people are able to face what is going on in the world out there. Um, Too much screen time has been been proven as well to be detrimental to your social and mental development as well. So there are so many reasons to, to try to find other things to do, which I know is challenging now, but really people need to learn to have that foundation of self love within themselves because the thing is that whenever somebody loves and values and respects themselves, They do not hurt or abuse themselves, nor other people. So really, it's gone back to something that I read in Louise Hay's book, like many of the concepts she introduced me to, that I really rejected initially. And this sentence that I'm thinking of now was that self-love is the answer to every problem. So whenever you look at that initially and take it at face value, it may sound very lightweight, very airy-fairy. And I, I suppose I'm an analytical person, you know, I don't just believe something blindly. Um, so I thought it just didn't hold up, that statement didn't hold up at all. But as I've worked more on these theories, I've seen that myself, that really if we all took responsibility for our own well-being, we would all be much happier, whole people. And each person would be different and the whole world would be completely different. Because if somebody has a good foundation of self-worth, don't feel the need to target somebody else or to belittle somebody else so really this work you know i yes we can talk about how it presents itself but that's really looking at the outer end of the problem but i would be coming from the inside looking out and working on helping each person to be accepting of themselves because our ability to love and accept other people is very intertwined with our ability to love ourselves very true you know Mm -hmm. so i would never look You know, I try as I as much as I can to not just see the behavior or somebody's actions, but to look at the hurt behind the behavior. Mm -hmm. Look at the reasons why that behavior is needed. The behavior is not the problem. Yes, it is a problem, but it is not the problem. Mm -hmm. We can try to deal with behavior, but really we will never really, really change anything. We need to to heal that person.
0: Mm I guess even just on a, on a basic human level, um, I spend a fair bit of time unfortunately on social media and I have myself, I will acknowledge, um, I have phrased things wrongly in the past while, um, while putting something out there on social media and I guess now while I still acknowledge I'm a human being and I will always make mistakes, I now Reread everything I write before Mm -hmm. I hit the same button and one of the the basic fundamental questions I always ask myself now is if this message was directed at me Mm -hmm. How would it make me feel? Mm -hmm. And I think if I use that premise on on all future tweets Mm -hmm. or posts Mm -hmm. and ask myself that question first Would this have a detrimental impact on my well-being if somebody wrote this about me? Mm -hmm. Well, then that should be the basis Mm-hmm. Upon my future, and um, what what I do on social media. Yeah. think would it be fair to say that being kind to ourselves is one of the key messages that you would like to give today?
1: Yeah, I suppose it is really. Um, Louise' his theories are all based on self love and the importance of that, mm-hmm. because whenever we do love and, and respect ourselves, we make better decisions. Um, We're not giving that responsibility to other people. Our relationships are therefore much healthier because we're fulfilling our own needs We're taking responsibility for our well-being, our happiness. So really self-love is not selfish unlike what we've been taught because really we are happier and healthier and we are giving other people the best of ourselves Mm -hmm. Whenever we are happy within ourselves.
0: And that makes perfect sense when you break it down like that. How can I go and be the rock or help somebody or my family if I don't feel well enough to help myself?
1: That's it. Yeah.
0: So, Ashlyn, there will be a lot of, I guess, emotional healing here, but there's also benefits in physical healing. Is that right or wrong?
1: That is right. And it might sound strange, but really this work has, has opened me up in a lot of different ways to things that I didn't think were possible. So at the time, whenever I had the breakdown, I had suffered with a chronic stomach condition for, well, I could trace it back at least eight years. And it affected me quite a bit every single day. Okay. And I read in Louise's book about the mind body connection. Mm -hmm. That really, now this may seem controversial. Some listeners may be familiar with these theories, may not. And I understand it's not what we've been taught by the medical profession we've grown up with, but really for us to think that our mental, our emotional health and well-being, and our physical health and well-being are not connected to me now seems strange. Of course, they're interconnected. So Louise Hay has theories that date back until the late 70s. So this was really groundbreaking work at the time. She gives us a list of different ailments and different parts of the body and how any physical issues are outer manifestations of underlying mental and emotional issues. Now, I didn't understand all of this at the time and I didn't believe it. I suppose I was brought up with a business family and I was the only girl and I was the youngest and I suppose always was sensitive and I learned that my sensitivity was a weakness so it wasn't something that I had grown or developed. So really I learned to be quite analytical if you like so this seemed airy fairy to me but anyway and um, I was off work at this time I had this stomach condition I thought I'll read what this lady has to say about my particular stomach ailment and um, it was given the cause of it as being fear and rejection of yourself and it gave a very simple affirmation so two sentences to say that correlate to this condition so I didn't know what it was going to do, but it wasn't going to cost me any money. So I thought okay I memorised If it, these wouldn't two sentences.
0: Better, it wouldn't make you any better, it
1: won't make it any worse. <laughs> That's it. Um so I memorised the two sentences and I thought the sentences over in my head maybe a hundred times a day. And um, genuinely two weeks after I started to say this affirmation, my stomach condition completely ceased.
0: Can I can I just interject for a little second, Ashley? Would this be kinda of closely related? to the whole concept of the law of attraction
1: it it is louise his theories are based on the universal law of attraction and her her theories are rooted in self love so the law of attraction um basically tells us that our thoughts and our words are attractive in nature and really our thoughts and our words stem from our beliefs and really our beliefs have been formed at a very young age now um, experts maybe differ on the age but it's generally agreed that our, our beliefs most of our beliefs have been formed by the age of five or some say seven.
0: I guess most of our listeners will be aware of the book and film um, The Secret and, and, and that is all about the law of attraction yeah. and, and how putting it out into the universe um, you know what we want and what we aspire to be and if we firmly not alone believe that but we actually act that out in our lives then What we hope and wish for will become a reality mm-hmm. Now what you're saying, I don't believe is entirely just based upon the book and the film mm-hmm. The Secret, mm-hmm. is that fair?
1: That's right, so The Secret is based on the Law of Attraction as is Louise Hayes Louise Hayes theories are based on the Law of Attraction also so it is the same law, it is a universal law, but two totally different interpretations of that law.
0: And this is nothing because I am naive on this, I will admit, but just to, to clarify, this is not nothing got to do with faith or religion or no. nothing like no. that.
1: And that's one of the many things that I really love about Louise Hayes' theories is that if you have a belief in God and you're a part of a certain religion or not, that these theories are for you. If you don't have a belief in God, or you do but you don't like God very much or you're not sure what you think about God these theories are for you and that's what the world needs more of because you know I'm not speaking about any particular religion but religions historically have divided us so Louise Hayes theories are for every person on the planet and that's what I love they're inclusive
0: yeah C- could you maybe asking again for the benefit of our listeners sitting in the comfort of their own home or wherever they may be some practical examples and maybe um little things that they could do just even to test themselves Mm -hmm. in order to maybe make themselves feel better to have a better positive mental approach Mm -hmm. to life today or tomorrow some wee tips that that maybe you give to some of your clients
1: yeah so um i don't believe to change takes five hours a day i don't believe that it takes an awful lot of money you know the things that i suggest to people are simple things that are easy to integrate into their everyday life and i feel it has to be that way or else again we become overwhelmed um, we go back to our default setting and we think well i i tried to change for a week it didn't work I didn't have enough time i didn't have enough money you know whatever it is so then we're stuck again so we have to find ways to empower ourselves so things like um, coming back to our breathing, we do it all day every day but are we consciously breathing or are we not? There is so much power in our breath and we have the ability to calm our entire nervous system in under a minute with proper deep breathing.
0: So we have the ability to calm our entire nervous system in under 60 seconds if we channel our breathing properly
1: mm -hmm. so proper abdominal breathing
0: give us how we explain that if you wouldn't mind
1: so well my breathing now is light years away from how it used to be like i used to feel and i know that anxiety is a huge it's very very crippling um in the world at the minute so prevalent and a lot of people who come to me suffer with anxiety which presents itself in different ways but i used to feel like i had like a, a weight on my chest and I couldn't get a, a, a proper full breath so um well we can even just do something now if you want to do it now or anybody listening can do it now um, you can place a hand on your chest and a hand on your so, abdomen
0: so, so you're putting your right hand across your chest and your left hand is just basically below your stomach
1: yeah either hand in either place it doesn't okay. matter mm-hmm. so a hand on, on your chest and a hand on your stomach and um, The hands are there for two reasons, but the first reason is that the hand is there in the stomach to give a cue to your brain that we want activity to be in our stomach. So if we take a nice deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth, and the next time we breathe in through the nose, if we imagine that we're inflating a balloon in our stomach, so it may feel strange and forced, so you may have to push your stomach out a bit, so you're expanding that balloon in your stomach and once it has filled then you're filling the balloon in your chest. And it may take a few repetitions to really feel that you're in sync with that. Um, but whenever we do that, we get a much fuller and deeper breath. And really, every time we breathe in, our body, our brain scans all of the frequencies in our body to see where adjustments need to be made. So this is having a physiological effect on us. Um, so there's so much power in our breath. So if we can control our breath, then we we have mastered everything we need to know really because I, we always have our breath
0: and i guess i'm just thinking about even um, i have dabbled and i emphasize the word dabbled in meditation uh-huh. and, and again that's all focused and centered around our breath
1: mm-hmm. and being yeah. able
0: to focus on it and concentrate on it mm-hmm. and try and blank the rest of the world out yes so you're purely just focused on your breathing
1: mm-hmm. yeah so meditation is something else i would recommend and again meditation can be shrouded in mystery, people think that you're not supposed to be thinking at all but the mind will be generating thoughts and it's about letting the thoughts come, just observing them and letting them go then. Um, so meditation can be in the form of just sitting breathing like that, it can be you know, having an app on your phone or listening to meditation music or guided meditation. Um, There was something I was going to say there. Yeah, a very wise lady recently had recommended to me for my own health to take 15 minutes in the day. So I have been doing that for this past few days and um, I have found it challenging. So I'm now passing that recommendation on to other people. Um, But I have to say that when I have given myself permission to take 15 minutes, I have felt so good by seeing myself as important enough to do that.
0: What do you do in that 15 minutes?
1: Well, I uh, practice body talk therapy, so I do a few body talk techniques, but it could just be your breathing. It could be saying nice affirmations. It could be, um, you could be sitting outside, looking at taking in nature, but really it's about doing less rather Put, than putting, doing more.
0: Putting your phone on silent or switching it off yeah. or leaving it in a different place.
1: Or you could even set your phone as an alarm for the end of the 15 minutes if you're mm-hmm. afraid you're going to you, know, you could even close your eyes
0: but but that 15 minutes is Ashling time it's john time it's mary time it's your time it's yeah n- that, that's you're dedicating at least 15 minutes of your day to your own to to your own well-being
1: that's it yeah Very so good. even at the start if that was too difficult to do something that i would really recommend doing anyway is writing down about your feelings Because as you mentioned earlier, some people aren't in a place where they feel able to talk to somebody else about their feelings. Maybe they're busy judging their own thoughts and feelings themselves, and then expecting somebody else to be doing the same. So even just getting to know ourselves better, be writing down our thoughts and our feelings. And it's proven that it it gives us a, a real release, that those feelings are expressed and released from us as we just through the act of writing them onto a piece of paper. So it's really building that relationship with ourselves where we feel safe having those feelings.
0: I'm just looking at the clock here we're approaching 56 minutes into this podcast and and i have got to be honest with you here I can't wait to on my journey home to re-listen to this podcast because I feel as if while we didn't dedicate an awful lot of time to maybe any particular subject but I feel as if there's a lot of little things in here that I personally as an individual will maybe hopefully take away from this. I um, guess on that, somebody once told me that the more tools that we have in our life gives us more options then mm-hmm. and the way that this, it was a man, the way that this man put it across to me and, and um, I don't know if this will resonate with anybody at the minute but I'm going to give it a lash anyway, he said imagine if, if the only way that I could feed myself was to fry all my food, okay? So that's, that's the only way he could cook his food, was fry it. He says, now, obviously, I would survive. I wouldn't go hungry. He says, but my food would always be fried. It would always taste a certain way. And I would have limited options. Mm-hmm. But imagine if you, or you, or you, had the ability to f- not alone fry, poach, bake, steam, roast, um, and all the different methods of cooking. He says, it would open up a whole new... Uh, culinary experience to you, your food would look better, it would smell better, it would taste better, and he said, "Um, if you your your options would be limitless." Mm-hmm. And I guess for me, that from the shared Ireland perspective, is one of the points that why we're doing podcasts like mm-hmm. this today, is to maybe impart a little bit of information to people and provide them with different thought processes that maybe. There wouldn't have naturally a thought but something that you said today maybe even something that I said may trigger something Mm -hmm. in a positive way um, for some of our listeners.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes, so I agree Niall because if somebody had told me that my husband was going to leave me if somebody had told me that I would leave my job to start a new business from scratch I would say no I couldn't do either of those Um, I had no choice but to do both at the same time so what I have found on my own journey of self-discovery is that whenever we are working on ourselves and being open and and you know gathering up more tools for a toolbox that whenever certain things happen we automatically find that all of the tools and all of the resources that we need are there within us and in, lying in wait mm-hmm. and really that we have everything within us that we need to deal with everything that will ever come our way.
0: Mm-hmm. think genuinely um I really, really, really enjoyed this um, discussion today. And um, while I enjoy all the podcasts that we do, but this one certainly uh, has resonated with me. And I only hope that some of our listeners, even if they only take one sentence out of mm-hmm. that, that can maybe have a positive impact in their lives. Then for me, and I know you, and the Shared Ireland team, that will be a thoroughly worthwhile experience. And I just... um. um Remind all our listeners that if they do want to get in contact with you on Facebook, on Facebook even, you are healing your life with Ashley, and you recently, I believe, just a couple of weeks ago, joined Twitter, and you're at your Ashley. Ashley, um, I haven't told you um, anything about the questions here today, and in fact, I have written none down. This has just all been off uh, the hoof. Um, and um, so apologies to um, if it hasn't been very structured but i think it was a, a natural mm-hmm. free-flowing conversation um, i don't know if you've ever listened to any of our podcasts but we always ask all our guests the same question at the end and i can see you're looking at me now with <laughs> shock but uh, so i'm taking you by surprise here but our final question to all our guests is if you could invite three people alive or dead to your fictional dinner party who would they be and why?
1: Okay, oh dear. Right, okay. Uh, Louise Hay, that's an easy one.
0: Louise Hay is dead, is Louise it? Hay
1: is not with us any longer okay. yet. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have the pleasure of meeting her, but I feel like a lot of people who have read her material that, that I do know her. So Louise Hay would be there, top of the list. Yes. Um, it may sound like strange, it even sounds strange to me um, because I'm not into celebrities, but Katy Perry. Okay, why? Well, obviously I think she's beautiful and she's very talented. But I think she's very emotionally intelligent.
0: Katie (laughs) Perry, yes,
1: okay, okay. The third person um, would be my Auntie Catherine, who also is deceased, the lady who has, um, I suppose, encouraged me. Originally put you in contact with the name Louise Hay. Yeah, so I mean, she taught, I learned so, so much from her, um, so I'll be so grateful. I am so grateful for everything I learned from her. So
0: very good, very interesting. Okay. And on that note, Ashlyn Conway, Healing Your Life with Ashlyn. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today. Thank you very much for giving up your valuable time, and I hope our listeners will take something away from
1: it. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure.
0: Okay, folks. Um that's it for today and if you did like what you listened to today a like and a retweet will be appreciated and please do not be afraid to give us your feedback on anything that you have heard today and remember Aisling is uh, giving away um, a free session to one of you lucky listeners and that will be a three-hour session and um, we will be able to put you in contact with Aisling so take care folks be good bye-bye <music>